Hi, my name is Leo Fernandez, and you listen to the First Team Podcast. With your host, John Frashante. Cosmos Country, and welcome to tonight's show. Uh, we have a packed show. We talked to Giovanni Saradese, and we have that for you. He talks about the current state of the squad, and a lot of questions of surrounding how is he going to balance the squad with a very important match against the Jacksonville Armada this weekend, and the important match of uh, the importance of this match is a win or draw means that the Cosmos are spring champions. And that's huge uh, because the Cosmos are undefeated so far. The Cosmos are having a great spring. And for them to win the spring, they uh, host a semifinals match, which again is huge from on the pitch and off the pitch. And you guarantee a spot in the postseason. We talked to Gio. Uh, and we talked to Cole Pepper, the play-by-play announcer for the Jacksonville Armada, and he previewed the Armada for the supporters out there. Also, we talked to Joe from Open Goal, who Open Goal covers all New York soccer from NYCFC, the Red Bulls, and the New York Cosmos. Uh, and he is a fellow, he is a, a NYCFC supporter. And we talked to him about how important is the NYCFC matchup against the New York Cosmos. How important is that from a supporter's perspective? How is it important for the club? Is it important? Are they going to take it seriously? Because last year, the New York Rebels did not take it seriously. And for the Cosmos, it was the biggest matchup of their season. And it was a huge victory. One of the best victories in the modern day era. It was great. Scoring three goals against uh, a team in MLS that considers themselves first division, that considers that they are uh, the best team in New York, and we and the Cosmos beat them, and that was huge. So for NYCFC coming uh, to play, are they going to take us seriously? And that's a question that we're going to talk about uh, moving into the show. And does it matter if they take it seriously or not? Uh, that's what we're going to discuss later on in the show. The question for you guys is, if they take it seriously, uh, is it a good thing or does it even matter? Uh, so that's the question that we're going to talk about later on in the show. So before we get going, f- before we move forward, uh, big news came out this week about Marco Senna that he is going to retire after the fall season. And that's big, big news. And 
I always had a thought about when is he going to retire, and if he retired, we're really going to miss him in the midfield. He's a key part of the Cosmos midfield, and to watch a Cosmos game without Marco Hosena, it's going to be very, very hard to watch. It's going to be very different, because Marco Hosena was here for the reboot season. He was here from the beginning, and when I mean the beginning, I mean from the reboot era, and he's a key part, and without him, the team looks lost. The team, uh, so far this season, when he was injured, when he was out, the team coped because they had a lot of depth in the midfield. And that's a great part by the technical staff, a great part by Giovanni Sarese, by the club. But without Marco Senna, the team is not going to have their playmaker, is not going to have their uh, important person in the midfield. And it's going to be a huge blow for the club come next season when you're not going to have him anymore. But the question is going to be, what, which we are going to discuss going forward, is who is going to replace him. But as Giovanni said in the conference that we talked to him this week, and which we are going to play for you momentarily, is that the club can't replace Marco Senna. There's no player out there like him that has his ability and that's going to be the hard part that they can't find uh, an exact player like him uh, but again who is going to take his role is it going to be a player from the Cosmos B squad because uh, that would be a, a cool alternative because you can bring in a y younger player that doesn't have so much hype around him like Haji Wright uh, but a young prospect uh, that you can see playing on the first team next season and taking Marcos Senna's role and being here f playing for, for the first team for a very long time. So the question is, is the club going to go with a younger midfield from Cosmos B or from a uh, another club? Or are they going to buy a experienced player? Are they going to go out there and buy a big-name player? If they do that, it's probably going to be a short-term uh, signing, a short-term plan. But for the midfield, they bought Marco Sonnen in the reboot era. It was a great signing, a great player. But now, going forward for the club to uh, have a great future and not have to worry about... Uh, not have to worry about replacing these... Older players, they should go younger. Going younger is always great because they have the Cosmos B squad and you can actually see how that player is progressing. But you have to give that, that player some more time to grow. But opposed to bringing in a player with a lot of experience, uh, a lot of excitement surrounding that player. And he is already a proven uh, target or already a proven goal scorer, or whatever maybe his talent. So that's the question. Should the Cosmos bring in uh, a older, more experienced player, or a younger player that has a longer future with the club and has a lot more experience with the club if he stays 
longer. So that's a question because it, it, it really could go either way. I would like the club to bring in both of those players, a younger player and an older player, uh, because that older player uh, could provide some depth off the bench, which is always needed uh, going into a very tough season when you have the, the NASL league play, when you have the U.S. Open Cup. And if they win the U.S. Open Cup, they will have the Champions League. So again, that's three competitions. So you need a lot of depth on the squad. So we are going to get to the interview with Giovanni Savarese. It was a good one. Uh, and we talked to him about numerous things from the Jacksonville Armada match to really how important that match is for the club, the NYCFC matchup, uh, and a lot of things that uh, you would like to hear as a Cosmos supporter. So here is Giovanni Savarese. Very good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thanks. So, the club played in Cuba last week. Can you talk about what it meant for the club to play in Cuba? First of all, uh, we feel very privileged to have been able to to travel to Cuba, to be in the first professional organization in so many years, uh, to travel and be able to uh, have a, a beautiful uh, match uh, to unite people through soccer and, uh, and uh, to represent the United States. Uh, at this current moment in between the two countries. So for us, it was a very special time. We were treated very well, uh, and we had a great experience. So we feel very privileged to have had the chance to travel to Cuba. Some players got knocked up in that match. Uh, can you give us an update on those players, and will they be fit for this important match against their Jacksonville Armada? Yeah, we we have some some players that had some different situations in in this match. Uh, and they're uh, doing treatment. We are evaluating them. Uh, and they're not 100% out or in. Uh, we still are looking into it to see if uh, we might be able to recuperate them. Uh, but uh, Leo Fernandez, for example, is one of them. Uh, he's trying to uh, recover and uh, he's questionable right now to uh, to the match, but uh, he's pro progressing well. Uh, and, uh, and the the other players are, as well as uh, you know uh, as him they are recovering and and doing much better. So we don't know if they're going to be available right away for this Saturday or potentially for next Wednesday. This Saturday the Cosmos are going to host their Jacksonville Armada. It is an important match, and they have been struggling so far this spring season. Uh, for us, we don't look at it that way. We look at uh, you know them being a very difficult team. Uh, they have good players. They have a, uh, they are a team that uh, can raise the level in, in any match. I, I know, and, and, and we are sure that they're going to come. You know, playing against the Cosmos, um, very motivated, uh, trying to uh, change so far the course of the few games that they have had in the past, uh, which haven't been positive. But uh, they are a good team. We respect them, and uh, we're going to you know, do our best to make sure that we get the three points and the victory that night. There are two important matches coming up, but how are you going to balance the squad? First of all, we, we have to think of what we have you know, first, uh, the first tax. Uh, so right away, you know, we have to think uh, directly to the Jacksonville match because potentially you know, uh, getting a good result is going to be able to give us uh, – uh, the spring uh, title. Uh, so uh, for us, that's the most important thing uh, at the moment. On, on Sunday, we'll still 
we'll start uh, figuring you know things out in regards to the Wednesday. Uh, we have uh, you know put some thoughts into it, but uh, our main concern right now is uh, Saturday's game, and that's it. Marcos Senna announced that he is going to retire at the end of the fall season. It is going to be tough to fill his role in the midfield. No question. Uh, definitely, he's a very difficult player to replace. Uh, he's uh, he has been outstanding for us as a soccer player, as a person. Uh, he's been an unbelievable ambassador for us, you know, uh, inside and outside the field. So it's going to be very difficult to be able to replace him. And actually, I will say it will be impossible to replace somebody like Senna. Uh, but we'll bring all the players. We'll keep working on building the team. Uh, but uh, it was, you know, a decision that he made. And we have to respect it. And, and we have to honor uh, his career and what he has done for us and for, for soccer in general. Thank you, Gio, for coming on. No, no, my pleasure. Take care. Talk to you soon. Bye. So what Gio says there is that Marco Senna is impossible to replace, and he truly is. And we talked about it before uh, we played a clip with Giovanni Sardese, but again, he is impossible to replace, and hopefully uh, we can find a player with the same capabilities, with the same uh, talents, uh, but it could be impossible, like how Giovanni Sardese said, uh, and he is truly, truly going to be missed from me and from all of Cosmos country. And, uh, Again, uh, to show your support for Marco Senna, you could pick up a uh, Marco Senna bobblehead if you attend tomorrow night's match, uh, which is always a great uh, memorabilia piece to pick up since he is not going to be here uh, for the upcoming seasons. So moving forward, when we talked about injuries with Giovanni, he talked about Leo Fernandez, and he is questionable for this weekend's match. But going back to the Cuba match, people uh, on Twitter, on social media were saying how they were playing their key players in a match against the Cuban national team. Why are they playing their important players that, uh, that really helped them get to an undefeated streak during the, the, this spring season? They gave them some minutes, some quality minutes in the match against Cuba. It, it was an important match. They wanted to win. It, it was a historic match. But the main focus is your season. If Leo Fernandez is not available for this weekend's match, and Gio says he's questionable, but that's all up in the air. Say he's not available. That's a huge blow to the Cosmos midfield. Who's going to replace him? Probably not Andres Flores because uh, he played with his national team last night. And I believe he's still with his national team as well. But who is going to replace him? Could it be uh, maybe Hagup Tarishian? Could that be the man that's going to fill in his role? Uh, who is it going to be? So uh, that's really the point to saying that who is going to fill in a role. Because so far the Cosmos have not had major injuries. The only injury you can talk about is Marco Senna. And he has always been uh, nursing an injury most of the seasons that he was here. Always was out a couple matches. But as a supporter, 
it wasn't surprising you really that that was big news. It, it sort of hurt you that oh, Marcos Senna is injured, that he's heard that he's going to be out for a couple of matches. But it happened a couple of times in the past, and you were like, okay, we have depth in the midfield. But now Leo Fernandez, who when we got when the team got Leo on loan, I thought, uh, who is Leo Fernandez? Is he going to be a quality player? Is he going to perform like he's performing today? And the first match against the Fort Lauderdale Strikers, he was on the starting eleven, and that surprised me because I didn't actually know who he was and how uh, great he was as a player. But Gio saw his talent, saw his quality. And ever since that first match, because we saw him play in China, in Hong Kong to be exact, we saw him play in some preseason friendlies, but that's preseason, just to get a taste of what he can show as a player on this squad. But he showed, and he's been on the starting eleven ever since. But having him, in, but having him out again is not guaranteed that he is out for this match. Uh, but just talking about if he is out, it's going to be a huge blow for the team. But can they cope uh, with Leo Fernandez potentially being out? I I, I really believe so. I really believe that they have the quality, that they have the depth on the team, that if one player gets hurt, and it could be a big deal because that player uh, is one of the key players that's helping the squad stay undefeated, helping the team set up goals, scoring goals. I, I don't think that player can be replaced uh, for a long period of time, but I feel that if he's hurt for a match or two, I really believe that he could uh, be replaced for that one match. Hopefully, he's only out for one uh, because an important match against NYCFC. Because if you're Giovanni Stavrisi right now, would you start Leo Fernandez against your Armada and and not start him against NYCFC? Because you got to understand that they have to balance the squad somehow. And... Uh, well, most of the players like Lucky or Restrepo, would those players uh, play against your Armada? It is an important match. You need to get points. But again, the balance, you're going to play on Wednesday against NYCFC. So that balance, which we are going to talk about in a little bit, uh, it's going to be tested a little bit. Like, who is going to get to start? Because every week, there has been consistency. W- would that consistency break uh, because of this balance of the squad? Uh, it could moving forward. So we we talked about we talked to Cole Pepper, the play-by-play announcer for the Jacksonville Armada, and he previewed the Armada for us and talked uh, about what they have going forward, uh, what they have the upcoming matches and. Uh, their um, players and one important player is Jamal Johnson and you may have remembered him because he was an ex-Cosmos player uh, but he is going to be facing his former club tomorrow night and that's going to be a huge match to see Jamal Johnson suiting up against the New York Cosmos so 
you can listen to Cole Pepper and hear his thoughts on Jamal Johnson playing against the New York Cosmos. And he talked to, to Jamal Johnson before this uh, conversation. So uh, here is Cole Pepper, play-by-play announcer for the Jacksonville Armada. We're here with Cole Pepper, uh, the play-by-play announcer for the Jacksonville Armada. How are you today, Cole? Doing great. Looking forward to this weekend's match. Can you talk about the Armada style of play and formation? Yeah, you know, the one thing that the Armada said when they started this whole uh, journey in the North American Soccer League was that they wanted to play an aggressive attacking brand of soccer. They didn't want to sit back. They didn't want to park the bus. They wanted to be... um, you know, play an, a, an attractive brand. This is a team that's got a lot of Argentinian roots. General manager originally from Argentina, Dario Sala, the former FC Dallas goalkeeper. Uh, the head coach uh, is from Argentina. They have seven players on the team who have either are directly from Argentina or born in Argentina, raised in the United States. And so, you know, there's that very much South American kind of flavor to the to the style of soccer that they play. Um, Sort of Barcelona-esque. Um, I know it's probably sacrilegious to compare anybody to Barcelona, particularly considering what they just accomplished. But, you know, possession-based soccer, play out of the back. And um, uh, it, it's not just lumping the ball over the top and, and then laying it off. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's been a, a, a very much a possession-based team this year. They've played both with three at the back and four at the back, uh, depending on game situation and personnel availability. Uh, you'll probably see them in a 4-3-3, um, but it's depending on personnel, it's how they position some of those guys. It may be more of a of a 4-2-1-3, um, or you know, if you want to use kind of the uh, you know the diamond formation. They have at times used a 3-4-3 uh, and and used some of those outside midfielders to to drop back at at times defensively. So. Uh, it's it's a very fluid, and if you ask some of the players and coaches, they say we have no positions. Nobody is tied into one specific spot on the field, and you've seen that. But they do use a lot of uh, you know uh, forward uh, momentum in terms of uh, the the fullbacks, you know, overlapping, and um, and they certainly like to utilize uh, you know play it through the midfield, and and uh, uh, I would say probably more indirect than direct by and large, uh, although that. They were a little more direct last week uh, against Ottawa. What Armada players should we watch out for? Well, what the first and foremost is Keita. If he plays, um, he's missed the last three games with a hamstring injury, and uh, the Armada failed to score in two of those. So uh, if he's back, he is a, a guy to, to keep an eye on. He's a, a former La Liga player. Uh, he really has a, a knack for it in the penalty area, and uh, he's a guy who can score. He plays the center forward spot, and if he plays, it really changes how the Armada operate because then he'll play there, and you'll have Marcos Flores, the former Australian A-League MVP, playing as sort of an attacking midfielder, and he's the guy who kind of directs traffic. He's the point guard out there, and um, but with, uh, w- with him up front, those are certainly uh, two guys I would keep an eye on. And then the other guy to watch for is Matt Boehner, uh, who has played right back for the Armada, and uh, he's done a terrific job this year of going forward and also tracking back well. Uh, this is his first year in the North American Soccer League. He was in the USL previously, and uh, he has not looked 
like he's overwhelmed at all. Uh, he's looked very comfortable, looks very steady out there, and he's been a uh, a very good addition. And um, you know, you, you'd have to say that at some point along the way, he may have to you know step up and and um, uh, in, in defense against a Raul or a Restrepo, and that'll be interesting to see how how he is uh, you know get that gets that baptism by fire on the defensive end. Jamal Johnson will face his old club. What do you think that's going to mean for him? I actually talked to Jamal about that this week, and it's and it, you know not just his old club, but also keep in mind he was born in New Jersey, so you know a lot of uh, family and friends in New Jersey in the New York area, and uh, so it's going to be special for him. He's certainly looking forward to it. There, you know, this should be the easiest game for guys to be excited about for the Armada this year. You know, you got the Cosmos who are on the threshold of winning the spring championship. It's on the biggest stage in the North American Soccer League. You've got players like you know, Raul uh, out there, uh, Senna, uh, you know, on what now is going to be his, you know, swan song season. Um, th- this is going to be a very easy one for people to get excited about. And, and I think the styles that the two teams play are going to provide a very entertaining uh, kind of uh, brand of soccer. In the early part of the season, the Armada uh, maybe were a little bit un- unknown quantity. And so they were winning games with some pretty impressive numbers in terms of goals scored and shots on goal and so forth. The last month or, or month and a half, we've seen teams just parking the bus against the Armada, putting 10 behind the ball and really trying to slow them down. That, combined with the injury to, to Keita, has really affected their attack. But I don't think that the Cosmos are likely to just park the bus. I think you know they want to play their style that's gotten them to this point, haven't lost a game this year. So um, I think it's going to be a very entertaining matchup, and I think it may be the most attractive matchup you could have in terms of styles in the whole North American Soccer League to have these two teams on the pitch at the same time. The Armada have two co-head coaches. Has that been successful so far? No, it has not. In fact, one of them, Jose Luis Vigerial, uh has left. Uh, uh, he's decided that it, it wasn't going to work out, um, and uh, so he has gone back to Argentina. So that co-head coach experiment uh, did not work. And uh, they're back down to the traditional one with Guillermo Hoyos really being the guy who's who's making the calls. And what are your match predictions for this weekend? Uh, you know, I think it's going to be a tremendously entertaining match. Obviously, the Cosmos have a lot to play for. Um, I, I think what we're going to see, you know, it's, it's tough for me to predict that the Armada is going to get their first road win in the NASL at the best team in the NASL. Um, I, but I do think we're going to see some goals. I'm going to say 3-2. New York. Thank you, Cole, for coming on. Thanks very much. That was probably one of the first times that uh, a guest came on the show. uh, And a person from the opponent that the Cosmos are going to play that week. That came on the show and predicted that the Cosmos were going to win. We we talked to Steven Sandor from... FC Edmonton, he talked and he and he said that the Eddies were going to win. And numerous people that we talked to, they said that the team that they covered, the team that they support, is going to win the match. But Culpepper is probably one of the first, the first people to come on the show and to say that the Cosmos and probably the better team in this match. But the Cosmos are going to get the victory and and. Uh, it's going to be a tough match there. It's probably going to be a lot of goals like how he, Cole talked about. It is going to be an exciting match because the Jacksonville Armada, they don't want the 
they they want to play spoiler. They don't want the Cosmos to win the spring. Even though their Amada are not in the picture. They are not winning the spring season. They're not able to. They're, they're eliminated from the spring. But the team that could uh, really... That has a chance that could play spoiler to the Cosmos season or spring season is the Tampa Bay Rowdies. But the Rowdies, uh, they have a lot, a lot of different uh, ways to win the spring, which it's going to be very difficult for them to win it. Uh, but I'm not going to say it's it's impossible. Anything could happen. But they're um, but the Tampa Bay Rowdies have to win. They have to win by six goals. Uh, because that is the goal differential. And they need the Cosmos to lose. Which is going to be very difficult. Again, it's going to be a tough match. And it can happen. But I do believe that the Cosmos are going to beat the Jacksonville Armada. But if they if they don't get the three points. Again, one point they draw would uh, be enough to win the spring. So you can get a point or three points. And you will still win the NASL Spring Season Championship. Which would be huge for the for the, the New York Cosmos, for the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Uh, they haven't been underperforming, but I truly thought that they would have a better season. I thought they would be competing with the Cosmos for the spring season. The spring season is shorter, and uh, other supporters and clubs would argue that it's only a short am- amount of games. It's a short season. It's difficult. Uh, to win the spring. There can only be one spring winner. But in the fall season, you're going to see a lot of clubs that hasn't been performing well this spring season playing well in the fall season. Like from Minnesota United to, to the Scorpions to the Rowdies. All these clubs that are not playing well, but they probably should be playing to their potential, their highest in the fall season, you're probably going to see them fix the wrongs and actually get some important points that down the line would uh, put them in the top four for the NSL postseason. So, mo- moving forward, we talked to Cole Pepper, we talked to Giovanni Saturday, we talked about the matchup against the Jacksonville Armada, but now on Wednesday, the Cosmos are going to face the they are going to face New York City Football Club NYCFC of MLS. They are the second team in MLS, the second uh, New York team in MLS. And we talked to Joe from Open Goal about this team, about, see, New York Cosmos supporters don't like MLS, and we're not a big fan of MLS as well. We don't support MLS. We don't support any clubs in MLS. But this is the New York Cosmos opponent. And uh, we talked to Joe about NYCFC. Uh, and the key part is that, are they going to take this match important? Like, are they going to take it seriously? And they should. Every MLS club should take this tournament seriously. And that's the only way this tournament is going to is gonna really get popular. Like, if these clubs just don't take it seriously, if they play their B team... It's not going to get on TV. It's not going to get the attention that it needs. Unless the big clubs market this match. Uh, Unless the big clubs uh, 
really spread the word within their fan base about the tournament, about their upcoming matches in the tournament. Because if you watch previous matches uh, of MLS clubs hosting uh, the U US Open Cup matches, half of their stadiums are empty. What's the reason? People don't like the tournament. People don't believe in it. What's the reason your club is playing in the U.S. Open Cup, no matter who they're playing? If they're playing a fourth division side or a second division club, it's still your club. Support them 100%. So we talked to Joe from Open Goal New York about NYCFCN. Should and are they going to take this tournament seriously? And again, they should. Uh... Because that's the only way, and it really is the easiest way to get to the U.S. Open, uh, to get to the Champions League, and that's what every club wants to achieve, especially NYC team in their first year. So here is Joe. And again, again, if you have any questions throughout the conversation with Joe, or if you have uh, questions or comments, you can leave it on Twitter at One Scene Pod. Or you can leave your questions or comments on our Mixer live page. So, here is Joe from Open Goal New York. We're here with Joe uh, from Open Goal. He is an NYCFC supporter. How are you today, Joe? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I very much appreciate being on my first uh, podcast appearance. I'm excited to talk about uh, New York City FC. Okay, so can you talk about NYCFC style of play and formation? Well, you know, from from my perspective, it feels like there really isn't a whole lot of style uh, to our play other than really just possession. Um, you know, you watch us over the course of a full 90 minutes and you'll notice that, that our focus is on possessing uh, the ball and spending a lot of time with the ball at our feet, um, e even if that takes moving the ball backwards uh, to uh, to our defenders, to our goalkeeper, uh, maybe playing in over the top, something like that. But um, it, it seems like that's that's what we're trying to to get a lot of our our, our football product from is just by hanging on to the ball and, and seeing what happens from there. NYCFC have been struggling in. MLS plays so far what are they lacking you know it's really hard to put uh, a finger on one specific thing that they might be lacking a lot of people say you know it's, it's the back line we don't have anybody strong enough in our back four uh, some people say it's the midfield we don't have the the, the brains of uh, a general like midfielder to distribute the ball uh, some people say it's it's from our forwards. We just don't have that that uh, that finishing ability up top, or, or some really strong attacking ability. Uh, to me, it's just kind of a little bit of everything, uh, from what I've noticed. Because it it's not any one thing in particular, really. Because it could be all of them. You know, obviously our, our keeper and Joshua Saunders is coming up huge for us uh, week in and, and week out. But it seems like uh, City is is kind of missing. That, that killer instinct, you know, uh, and, and maybe a little bit of direction from uh, our manager. Like I said, the focus seems to be on possession. We don't really have that uh, that ability to, to move the ball forward with serious aggression and, and put a lot of pressure up top and, 
and uh, and really string together some good plays. So it's kind of like that that football instinct, that killer instinct that we we just don't seem to have that gumption uh, behind everyone to to really move the team forward and press forward and, and and make something really happen up top with the ball. NYC, NYCFC uh, is going to uh, face the Cosmos this Wednesday. Uh, right. Will they be bringing the likes of David Villa and Mix Discord? Your thoughts on that? Uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, they, they will have a match this Saturday. Uh, again, they're hosting Montreal for an MLS regular season match. Um you know, Mix probably won't play in that um, since he's traveling back from Europe. Uh, and he just played two games with the men's national team there, um, one of them being yesterday against Germany. Uh, so heading into the Cosmos match, I would think that Mix would get the start for sure. Um, if he if he sits out this weekend and gets some rest that he properly deserves, uh, I think he uh, he should get the start uh, on uh, Cosmos Match Day, David Villa. Uh, you know, I think it depends on what what um, what the front office and what Jason Kreiss are thinking in terms of how we're going to approach the Open Cup. Uh, honestly, I might see Villa coming on as a late sub. Um, he was injured for an out for a couple weeks at the beginning of this MLS season. Uh, they might be cautious with him a little bit throughout the season and, and try not to overwork him. Um, so I could see him making an appearance. I'm not sure if he would start, though, uh, from from my personal opinion on that. But really, there's not a whole lot of depth to the squad, so he, he very well could get the start. <laughs> Last year, the Cosmos faced the Red Bulls, and they didn't seem to take the tournament seriously. Do you think NYCFC will take it seriously? Um, you know, I I want them to. Uh, I think that it was um, uh, a bad showing on the Red Bulls' part not to take it seriously. Um, but uh, I want New York City FC to take it seriously. There is the option, you know, at, at this point in New York City's season, for them to sort of uh, give up on the MLS regular table and and maybe just pray for a playoff position uh, and and sort of put all of our eggs into the Open Cup basket, it's I, I would say a very real possibility and something that we should probably take seriously since we only have two wins so far in the season. Uh, I, we're still at the the bottom of the Eastern Conference. Uh, we might be. I'd have to check again, but we might be still dead last in, in all of MLS. Um, so we're we're not in a great position to be able to to really do anything with our MLS season. So my thinking is, you know what, the, hey, why not put all of our starters in and uh, and take this Open Cup seriously and see how far we can get with that and and maybe try to 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 take that home uh, in our first season. Surely, you know, there's there's a lot to to think about and consider. Uh, with these midweek matches, and we're an expansion side, our first season. But uh, you got to also consider that that sides like the Cosmos uh, and some of the other NASL teams take this very seriously. Uh, they obviously want to want to show very strong against 
what's perceived as the bigger, stronger league of MLS. Uh, I'm sure as an NASL supporter, you could probably agree that no NASL team wants to go up against an MLS side and, and just lay over. Um, you guys want to prove that, that you're here to play football too in the U.S. and, and you're not just a, a lower division uh, league in, in the U.S., but a serious professional league as well. So you got to consider that and, and also some of the other MLS clubs. Uh, that take it seriously. The Sounders take it pretty seriously, uh, you know, for instance. But I would say that, uh, again, I really hope that they do take it seriously. I think it's uh, a good opportunity for for City to be able to do something with this season. Maybe it takes giving up on the MLS, but uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, it's, it's certainly going to be a, a really good match. You, The Cosmos are, are killing it right now. Anytime they step onto the pitch, whether it's for the NASL or, or yeah, of course against Cuba and their their national team, it's going to be a, a tough match for City. I can tell you that. There is a, a lot of banter on Twitter about what this match sh should be called. What do you think they should refer to this match? Ooh, um, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm kind of feeling this as the actual, the real New York Derby, uh, the city match with the Red Bulls, uh, I think it could be more appropriately uh, dubbed the Hudson Derby. Um, that seems to be sticking to to it a little bit. We'll see if that stays. Um, but uh, given that the Red Bulls are in New Jersey, Hudson seems a little more appropriate. And, and since City and the Cosmos are both in New York, Cosmos, even now, just uh, even though they're a reincarnation of of the original Cosmos, uh, they're obviously the, the first New York professional team. Uh, I would say it's got to be the real New York Derby right here. I agree totally. So thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you. So it's going to be a great matchup, NYCFC, New York Cosmos. And uh, some great points that he made uh, that it should be called the real New York Derby. That's what it should be referred to because these are the two true New York Cosmos clubs, uh, the true New York clubs. Uh, the Rebels are, are in New Jersey. They shouldn't be referred to as New York. Uh, uh, that's another topic or for another day. But... Again, that should be referred to as the New York Derby. And again, NYCFC are not playing so well in MLS. They're towards the bottom of the table. But if you're on the bottom of the table, and this is a tournament where you have a chance to win some silverware, you have a chance to qualify for the Champions League, and if you're not playing well in MLS, you can't qualify for Champions League. So this is the only chance that you have at the, the the tournament of playing great, uh, winning a trophy to show your supporters that you can actually win something, uh, to show the the club, to show the league that you are a quality and great squad. This is NYCFC's chance to win the U.S. Open Cup, and should they take it seriously? The question uh, that we asked our listeners: Should NYCFC take it seriously? Uh, we talked to Joe about it. Yes, they should totally take this tournament seriously. And I, as I said before, there are dead last in MLS. 
and they should take it seriously because they have to win something to show their supporters uh, that they have a bright future, that they uh, have a great team. That's why they should take this seriously and to get to the Champions League in your first season. Uh, that would be huge for their supporters. And that's why they should take this tournament seriously. And not just NYCFC, the whole MLS should take it seriously. So it should totally take it seriously. And I think that they did. I totally think they're going to take it seriously. They do not want to get beat again by any NASL club. But there are only two NASL clubs that advance to the fourth round. And that's the Atlanta Silverbacks, who are, who are facing the, the New York Red Bulls. And the New York Cosmos are hosting NYCFC in two huge matches. Uh, the Silverbacks playing uh, the New York Red Bulls. Are they going to take that match seriously? Uh, last year, they didn't. And Mike Pecky, at the end of the season, uh, got fired. That wasn't mostly why he got fired, because of the Open Cup, but his league play as well. But uh, I truly believe that MLS this season and this year with the U.S. Open Cup, I really feel that they are going to take this seriously. And I don't know why this year they're signing to take it seriously, but again, uh, it should be an exciting year in the U.S. Open Cup. And it's going to be an exciting match because the fourth round, the New York Cosmos are playing NYCFC. And last year when the Cosmos played the Red Bulls, from the first whistle, the Cosmos were in front. They were dominating. Uh, they scored an early goal. Uh, Madge Sokin scored that goal. They were in front from the first whistle, from the first minute. This game against NYCFC, I don't think that's going to be uh, the problem. I, I, I don't think that's going to happen because NYCFC, they're actually taking it seriously. As we talked to Joe, they are going to bring David Villa. They're probably going to bring over Mix Discarude. Uh, and to have those players start or David Villa coming off the bench, that's two uh, very quality players, important players, popular players. And to be on the pitch at Hofstra against Raul, Marco Senna, uh, and the likes of the New York Cosmos players playing against NYCFC in a true New York Derby, it's going to be epic. It's going to be great. And as a Cosmos supporter, that's what gets uh, the supporters excited about derbies. Uh, and... That's why there should be a lot more derbies in the NASL. A whole lot more derbies would be great for this league to grow further. So, moving forward, we're going to talk about the Puerto Rico FC that Carmel Anthony uh, is the new owner of. But after that, we're going to play Into the Zone with Jim Marnier, our weekly segment with Jim. Uh, he rants and talks about the hottest topics every week. Um, from from FIFA to the NASL, anything that is on his mind, he will talk about weekly. So we will get that to you later on in the show. But Kamal Anthony announced today, and the league announced that their new expansion side is Puerto Rico FC. Kamal uh, Anthony went on to say that they did not take on the old name Puerto Rico Islanders, formerly of the NASL, uh, because of other uh, because of the name was owned or uh, being used by someone, so they didn't want to touch that. So they brought in Puerto Rico FC. And he feels like he's a true owner. He's going to be a committed, dedicated owner. And he said that this role of being an owner of the club is not going to be 
distracting from his full-time job with the New York Knicks, uh, which he's great at. But uh, it's going to be cool to see Puerto Rico FC uh, join the league in 2016 fall season. Everyone is giving sticks saying, why are they joining the fall season like the Cosmos did during their reboot era? Uh, but they need time to uh, get anything finalized to get everything in place for their first match. Uh, moving forward, talking about expansion. Hopefully there is more expansion news moving forward besides Miami FC and Puerto Rico. But people are talking about travel issues, that Puerto Rico FC is not a good expansion side because of the travel issues. Uh, traveling already is, is an issue because a lot of clubs are further from each other. And Puerto Rico FC is another indication that how for, uh, how far every club is from each other. Uh so, could travel be an issue? I really don't think so. But again, people are talking about that. That may be an issue. But it probably could in the long haul. So, we will touch on the Puerto Rico FC when more news breaks. And probably next week when we talk to more people uh, that know more about the situation. That know more uh, behind the scenes. So, we're going to play Into the Zone with Jim Marnier. The weekly segment where you can find Jim ranting about the hottest topics in the soccer world. Here is Jim Marnier. It's time to enter the zone with Jim Mernier. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another segment of Into the Zone. I am Jim Mernier. What a week we can talk about. We can talk about the World Cup. We can talk about FIBA. We can even talk about the United States teams, period. We can also talk about the NASL. We can also talk about the MLS. We can also talk about the U.S. Open Cup. So much stuff to talk about. But what is big, in my opinion, that no one talks about is what a week the United States had, or the last couple of weeks, the last two weeks, matter of fact, that the United States has had on the pitch. The men's beat the Netherlands, came back down 3-1, and come back with a big victory. The women defeated Australia to get their first big three points in their group stage and they play on Friday night against Sweden and then the men last night beat Germany huge win for the United States that just tells you something which is very unique very shocking about this whole thing ever since the United States Justice Department cracked down on FIFA and their corruption the United States Soccer Federation and its national teams have played tremendously well and have actually played above what we usually think they can do. But that is nothing new in our landscape of sports. The United States has always had a very competitive national team from women and to men. There's nothing, no denying it. But the one thing that you got to look forward to as this season starts to progress and as the World Cup starts to progress and as the years and years keep going, the United States is getting better. The talent in the country is staying in the country. The call-ups are staying in the country. They're not going to 
England. They're not going to Germany and getting dual citizenship and then playing for Germany or playing for England. They're staying in the States. And that's incredible and that's what we need to happen. But you got to give credit to the women's team. You got to give credit to the men's team. You got to give credit to the United States and their soccer. Our sport, the game that we love, and the game that we are considered not the best at, is starting to turn heads. It's starting to make statements. It's starting to win the games. For the United States to be a real contender in the world landscape, they need to win the games against Germany against the Netherlands, against France, against England, and against the other other countries out there. And they're doing that. They're doing that right now. And it's because of one thing. They're starting to find their groove. The players have been together for a couple of years, and they're starting to gel. Now, the World Cup in 2018 or 2022, no matter where they're being played at, we know that the United States is going to put on a team on that pitch that could very well be one of the deepest teams in the world. Same with the women's team. You look at the women's World Cup. You see Germany in a very easy bracket. You see France in a very easy group. Excuse me, Germany group, France group. And you look at the United States in the group of death and the big three points they got over Australia. Today, or excuse me, later on Friday... I'm getting my days confused, my bad. They play Sweden. A win almost locks them up to get into the knockout stage. What would a World Cup victory mean for the United States and the women's national team? A lot, in my opinion. It just makes a statement that the United States is getting better. It's getting, making statements that kids from little leagues are growing up and they are sticking with the game and not switching. They're sticking to the game. The men's late start in the world landscape but they're finally catching up they're finally making the plays they're finally getting that pass they're finally making that decent shot on goal that can change the game they're finally doing it and they're making wins yes the men's are in friendlies and they don't mean anything but preparation for the gold cup is something that the united states needs to take seriously achieving a world cup gold cup championship and playing for the World Cup in 2018 is something that the United States should strive for. And I think that's what they're doing. One thing that I do know is that this United States national teams, men and women, are being impressive. They're playing physical. They're playing two types of style ball. One type, they pass the ball. They're playing defense. And they're not showing a lot of weaknesses. And the other time, they're exploding fast pace going down the pitch, taking shots on goal. United States teams that we haven't seen in years, besides the two women's World Cup championships. But you look at the landscape of soccer or football, no matter where you are in the world, you're hearing this. You know what we're talking about. Football. So, you look at this. Look, Just look at this for one second. Can you think of the United States winning back-to-back World Cups from the women's side and the men's side. Well, the women's is almost, we have a very great chance of winning it. And the men's, we're we're not even in the top 16. But what if it's something that possible can happen? That the United States can win both World Cups. And how great will it be that the United States goes into Russia and wins the World Cup on their soil? That would be just like the miracle on ice again. 
where the Russians dominated our hockey teams for years and years and years and just that one game in the Olympics changed it all. Can this happen again in 2018? But hey, that's one thing you got to look at this team and what is happening now. The United States is showing what they can do. It's showing that they are getting better. They're showing the skill of a team. Now, on Friday, one step closer for that goal. In a couple of weeks, the men's national team will start getting ready for the Gold Cup. Achieve greatness. Bring home the cup. Then look towards the future of a World Cup. This is a great time in soccer. World Cup action. Even though the MLS is going on. MLS action. And the NASL. As they're wrapping up the season. And this is a little shout out to all you Cosmos fans. You guys are going to beat my armada this week. My armada have somewhat sizzled to an average team. Congratulations on having a great spring season. But still a whole second half to go. But I'm going to tell you now. Jim Ernier into the zone. Cosmos will beat the Armada and win the spring championship. But to all you listeners out there. Go watch the World Cup. Women's World Cup. It's great action. Whoever is playing, watch it. Great athletes playing the game that we love. And let's go Team USA. Men's and women's. It's time to take the world by storm and oh shout out to Carmela Anthony down in Puerto Rico shout out welcome to the NASL brother it's gonna be a nice little road trip for some people or should I say boat trip or plane trip so anyways enjoy this great week of soccer because it's gonna be very exciting and I know I am because it's on television all week long I'm Jim Renier I'll talk to you guys next week That was Jim Renier with Into the Zone. And you can listen to that segment every single week when he rants about and he talks about uh, the greatest and the hottest topics uh, in the world of soccer. And he touched on some great topics from the Women's World Cup uh, to the World Cup in general and the United States who are really, really killing it out there. And the United States women are playing right now. It's halftime currently. They're in halftime. If they draw 0-0 with Australia. So you can catch after this show you can catch the second half and hopefully no my bad the uh united states are playing sweden my mistake australia played earlier today uh but you can catch uh that match the second half after this show so before we uh close up close up the show i want to thank cole pepper for coming on i want to thank joe from open gold new york and I want to thank Giovanni Savalese for his time. And I know he's really busy uh, preparing for the match and, and in training. Uh, and thank you for Jim for a wonderful talk uh, about the U.S. soccer in general. And thanks for doing the segment each week. So here is uh, Jimmy Oxford. I mean, yeah, Jimmy Oxford with his rap uh, closing out the show. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, and my name is Jean Frashante. You can l- listen to the show next week. Same time, 8 p.m. Eastern time. And as always, let's go Cosmos and let's go USA.